Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estaller with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 35th day of this fledgling year, offering 330 days ahead of us in 2019. Plenty of time to envision how these next months will unfold. On this date, 419 years ago, astronomers Tycho Brahe of Denmark and Johannes Kepler of Germany met in Prague, where Tycho enlisted Johannes as an assistant. The methodologies of the two complemented one another. Tycho Brahe had been a scientist who worked by direct observation. Johannes Kepler had been a scientist who worked by calculation and testing one idea after another. Tycho had spent a lifetime measuring the positions of objects in the sky, and Johannes was able to make sense of those measurements. Today is the new moon, which happens to be in Aquarius. Clyde Tombaugh was born on this day in 1906, and 24 years later, he discovered Pluto. Four years earlier, in 1902, in Detroit, Michigan, Charles Lindbergh, Jr. was born. His mother was a teacher, and his father, an attorney and bank manager, had been a United States congressman before destroying his political career by opposing American entry into World War I. Curiously, in at least one way, 20-some years later, the son would be like the father in nearly destroying his reputation by opposing U.S. entry into World War II. But in those important interim years, while his mother and father led largely unhappy lives in an unhappy marriage, Charles Jr. would become an enterprising young man, early on demonstrating his affinity for things mechanical, starting up his own servicing business for farmers' milking machines in dairy-famous Wisconsin, where he would ride the country roads on a motorcycle, tending to milking machine maintenance for the local farmers. From this, he was able to leave his academic studies in aviation at the University of Wisconsin after raising $500 to buy himself an Army surplus biplane and become a United States air mile air mail pilot, and study aviation firsthand in a real-world setting. By 1927, he had convinced a number of investors from St. Louis to finance the first transatlantic crossing by air, and in the eponymously named Spirit of St. Louis, in May of that year, Lindbergh accomplished the feat. Today, in 1789, the first elect Electoral College chose George Washington and John Adams as the first president and vice president, respectively, of the United States of America. Today, in 1886, in Swampscott, Massachusetts, after having taken a fall on the ice, Mary Baker Eddy swore that she had cured her injuries by opening a Bible. Soon, Mary Baker Eddy would include homeopathy and begin organizing a new Protestant denomination, which she called the Church of Christ, comma, scientist, popularly referred to as Christian science. Science and Health, with Key to the Scriptures, became her most famous work. In earlier years, Mary Baker Eddy had been a patient of and had studied with Phineas Quimby, a magnetic healer from Maine. Today is also the birthday of civil rights activist Rosalie Parks in 1913, of actress, singer, director, and producer Ida Lupino in 1918, of feminist writer Betty Friedan in 1921, 
of Isabel Perón, first lady and then president of Argentina, born in 1931, of comedian David Brenner, born in 1936, of former United States Vice President Dan Quayle, born in 1947, and musician Alice Cooper, born in 1948. Alice Cooper was born Vincent Damon Furnier in Detroit, Michigan. Vincent was a preacher's son and was a sickly child plagued by asthma and eczema. At age 23, Vincent changed his name to Alice Cooper and became the shock rock phenomenon much of the world has since become quite fond of. Alice tells us, the best things in life don't make sense. Here in Down East Maine, however, we try to make sense of things as often as we might. For example, this past week, we had perhaps as many as at least two, maybe three, hostile days. That's important because every time we have a hostile day, we are closer to having had all of the hostile days we will have had for any given year. Every year, traditionally, so the old-timers tell us anyway, we here in Maine will have a hundred hostile days. That includes a day like we had this past week, where the ambient temperature didn't rise any higher than 8 degrees Fahrenheit, and the wind was blowing about 25 to 30 knots, so that the wind chill was well below zero, and includes days that we have in the summer, when the thermometer is reading near 90 or above, and the humidity is well above 70%. Both those days at opposing ends of the spectrum are hostile days. The benefit of keeping track of the 100 hostile days is in the knowing that over two and a half times that many days in any given year will not be hostile days. So we've got it pretty good here in vacation land, with less than a third of our year being tough to put up with. That means two-thirds plus is pretty darn close to fabulous. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise from Orono, Maine. Here's to a great day.